This is Running Out of Runway, a discussion about the hard parts of starting a business. This pod is an earlier recording about how your startup can weather the coronavirus storm. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well and staying safe right now. Uh, Because Running Out of Runway focuses on no BS advice for founders running a startup, I thought now would be a good time to discuss your path for getting out of the bottom of the well that we've all found ourselves in and back to somewhat normal state. While we're in uncharted territory with this particular crisis, uh, we can learn a lot from the cycles that came before. This time is not unlike the downturns experienced in 2001 and 2008. I had just joined my first startup as one of the earliest employees in 2001, and I can remember after 9-11, we had to reduce staff significantly and cut salaries uh, to be able to survive. That same company had just been acquired in 2008 when that crunch happened, and our significantly larger parent company went through the same process of cutting roughly 20% of payroll through layoffs and pay cuts, and maybe a few perks too. Uh, Time is a flat circle, and that same playbook is being used by many companies during this downturn. Cut expenses, batten down the hatches, and write it out. Now, paradoxically, may actually be the best time to start a business though. Companies like Airbnb, Dropbox, Uber, Groupon, Square, and many others that are name brands that you would recognize were created in the recovery of the 2008 crisis. Sometimes the best time to try something is in the midst of a chaotic situation. That muddying of the water that can make some things harder uh, actually makes other things easier. Newfound interest in remote work and education has created a massively expanded market for X-from-home solutions. Medical and well-being offerings are getting much more support than they normally would. Long-term customer relationships are being broken by enterprises uh, to make way for new relationships with upstart competitors. As we see the rebound of the economy, you can use that swelling of confidence to propel your new business with it. Lots of people talk about the concept of a wartime CEO. I prefer the idea of the survivalist CEO. Doing whatever is necessary to survive is job number one. Just like someone who's trapped in the wilderness must immediately seek out shelter, water, food, you have to cut expenses, secure your cash disposition to give you runway for at least 12 months, figure out how to retain your existing income, and assess how to market and sell your offering to keep growing, even if slowly. Letting employees go is difficult on them, but it also brings a lot of pain to founders, especially when you're a new founder and this is the first time you've had to let go of good people, you're sure to have a lot of anxiety. That's okay. One of the healthiest things you can do is to be empathetic and express your anguish of having to take that course of action to them. But do not waver on the action or give signals that you might change your mind. There must be absolute certainty of what is happening and why. Forgo bonuses. Cut your own pay. Treat the remaining team to lunch on your dime. Cut superfluous expenses. Do you really need to pay for four tracking tools for your website? Do you need the top tier of intercom? Is your office internet a higher package than necessary? Heck, do you need an office at all? As your team works in a remote fashion right now, try to assess how the process is working. Would you actually be better off without a large permanent office? Or maybe can you get away with a smaller one and encourage your team to work most days remote? 
When you do hire people in the future, remote work is an incredible perk. Renegotiate terms with vendors. Can you move to net 90 terms? Can you get a loyalty or hardship discount? You have to ask if you expect to get any help. In most wilderness survival situations, the goal is to stay alive until rescue finds you or you can get to civilization. In early stage startups, that goal is staying alive until you find product market fit or an acquirer. It's better to be alive and moving slowly than it is to have your Sisyphean boulder roll back over you as you push too hard. Without a doubt, raising capital during this time is going to be a struggle. In several recent surveys of investors, it's clear that they are focused on pumping funding to existing portfolio companies with very few new deals happening. That doesn't mean that it's impossible though. More than ever, you're going to need to do your homework and hyper-target the investors you reach out to. Investors with deep portfolios in your space, a long-term view on the downturn, and sufficient capital on hand, meaning they don't have to make capital calls to their LPs to fund around. Your best source for funding in a situation like this is your existing investors. They want to protect their top performing portfolio companies, so they'll at least be willing to discuss. If you absolutely need to raise from new investors to stay alive, you're going to have to consider lowering your ask. Yes, a valuation that is lower hurts your momentum narrative, but I think a lot of investors will be accepting of some cap table foibles given how widespread the crisis is. If you've cut expenses and have 12 or even better 18 months of runway, maybe consider waiting till the things get back to normal on the capital side. Based on 2001 and 2008, my personal expectation is that three to six months after a vaccine is hitting the public at large, we'll start seeing more deals getting done. That means it could be spring or summer of 2021 before we get back to where we were in January. Be patient and over-communicate with existing investors. Customers are going to be skittish. Expect to lose them. You should absolutely make all efforts to retain as many as possible, but there's little you can do about a customer who is closing temporarily or shutting down completely. This is the proverbial feces rolling downhill that you should expect. For the customers who aren't shutting down but want to cancel, help them out with a discount, deferring payment, or other non-scalable retention method. We've all heard the metaphor of painkiller versus vitamin. If you're offering a vitamin, then you're gonna have distinct difficulty retaining customers. It's possible that the cancellation of your solution can help offset having to fire a key employee. That decision will be easy if you're just a nice to have. New sales will follow a similar profile. Changing your messaging to communicate the absolute necessity of your product in this crisis is your best course of action. Carefully watching your marketing spend and the return on each dollar is a habit that you should really get into. If that ad isn't converting, why are you spending money on it? Timeframe-wise, you're going to see some return to normalcy as the states begin opening up, but the economic fallout of this crisis will long outlast the public health danger. From looking at the 30s, 2001, and 2008, I think we're in for a long, gradual climb out of this hole. Unless a war comes along to spur the economy, or God forbid, a reemergence of the virus later this year, my best take is that customers will be back to their former budgets and willingness to spend around summer of 2021. Yes, that's a long time from now. That's why I said 12 to 18 months of runway is necessary. That's also why you should consider pivoting your messaging or maybe even your product. 
being a painkiller is vital. After all of this, there's another thing to keep in mind. The end of this startup is not the end for you. Its failure does not mean you are a failure. These things are temporary setbacks. A hierarchy of things you should personally focus on in these trying times. Number one, health and safety of yourself, your loved ones, and your team. This is just paramount. I'd rather lose my life's work than cause harm to an employee because I put the business ahead of their health. Number two, your mental health is vital. A customer loss or investor pulling out of a deal is incredibly painful, I know. And it's deeply personal for a founder who's invested so much of their sweat and energy into the company. Don't fall into the despair trap. I've been there sometimes for years. It's honestly not worth it. Number three, integrity is everything. Even if your startup fails, you will have built knowledge, relationships, methods that you can carry to your next one. But if you've burnt bridges by playing fast and loose with investor dollars or done underhanded things in the pursuit of getting a leg up, all parties affected will remember. And they're going to talk about it. Gossip is gospel in competitive startup circles. Everyone you've ever screwed over has made sure others know about it. Startups come and go. Don't make it impossible to do the next one. Many startups are struggling right now, and it's important that you understand that you're not alone. If you're feeling isolated, make an effort to join a webinar or catch up with your peers. It will help, I promise. Heck, most established companies are experiencing hardships as well. They too are laying off double-digit percentages of their staff, dropping perks, and cutting pay. Don't compare yourself to big companies. They have more of a buffer than you do. You are more nimble, smarter, and more decisive than a big company. Now is the time for startups to shine. If this has been helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and make sure to check us out on Twitter at Out of Runway or on the web at runningoutofrunway.com. See ya.